Baptisms um, Sunday, weekends, can't say Sundays anymore, because we did some last night, too. It was so exciting here, man. It's just so incredible to celebrate life change. And if you're new to Central, um, man, we, we love life change. We love what Jesus does in the lives of people that, that come in here. Um, he's constantly changing us, constantly challenging us to take our next steps. Matter of fact, that's what we're going to talk about some today. Um, if you've got a Bible, Luke chapter 5, that's where we're going to continue we're in the middle of this series I'm called Called Out, and it's all about choosing calling over comfort. And it's about the, this, this idea that Jesus calls us out of the ordinary and brings us into the extraordinary. Like, Jesus hasn't called any single one of us to be average and normal. You, you get that, right? Like, like, Jesus has called us into great things. Th- think about this. At one point in his ministry, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's sitting around with the boys that have been walking with him for three years. And they saw him do walking on water, (laughs) turning water to wine, this fish and chip miracle where he took a little boy's Happy Meal and he fed 5,000 people with it. I mean, they they saw him do some amazing things. He he rose somebody from the dead. They saw him do all of these things. And and Jesus looks at them, and and I like to picture they're they're just kind of sitting around, maybe like a campfire, and, and, and they're telling stories about what happened. And they're just like, Oh, man, remember that time you did this? Or remember, remember when this happened? And, and Jesus looks at them, and this is what he says. You're going to do greater things. Greater things. Now, that's one of those concepts as a Christian, as a pastor. Like, I can't even wrap my mind around. Greater things than water to wine. Greater things than walking on water. Greater things than raising somebody from the dead. Jesus said, yes, those are the things. You're going to do greater things than those. And he's not just talking to those guys, he's talking to every one of us. Jesus Christ has called us into greater things than any of us, any of us, could ever begin to imagine or even ask for. Greater things. And so Jesus wants none of us to be average and ordinary. He doesn't want any of us to be status quo. And in order to get there, he's always going to call us out of where we're comfortable into into where he wants us to be even in listen listen don't miss this even in the good times you understand that there are times when we're walking with Jesus and and everything seems great we're on mission we're on point we're doing everything that that he wants us to do and then all of a sudden bam he calls out to us and he he takes us even out of that into something else because he wants to bring us into something greater so in good times and bad times we need to be listening and we need, to be, we need to be waiting in anticipation for what is Jesus Christ going to do next in our lives. In this series, we've been talking about what Jesus has been doing in the life of Peter. And the idea, the fact, that, that what Jesus did in Peter's life, he wants to do in every one of our lives as well. And so when he calls out to us, where are we going to be? Are we going to be available? Are we going to say yes like, like, like what, what, are we, what are we going to allow him to call us out of? Maybe that's a good way to say it. Because, see, there are things going on in our lives that, that maybe Jesus is telling us to stop doing or start doing. But we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to tell anybody about it. We, don't, we, 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 just, we just think if we ignore it, it'll go away. Right? You, you've been there? You're, you ever been in that situation where there's something going on inside of you? 
and you know you need to do something about it, but hey, if I just don't talk about it, it'll go away. You following me? Let me explain it like this. A couple of weeks ago, there was a lady um, who comes to church here, uh, and, and she's been coming a long time. She's awesome. But she'd been put into a nursing home. She got really sick and got a bad health report, and, um, and they, they had to put her in the nursing home. Now, when I heard about this and when some of the other staff heard about this, we were in shock because she had just been in church a few days prior. She, she's one of the sweetest ladies that you'll ever meet in your entire life. That day in church, she gave me a hug, which is crazy because I ain't a hugger, all right? So, so listen, I am not giving you permission after church to come give me a hug. All right, so I'm going to push you away. But, but she's just awesome, and she got this smile on her face, and, and she's just like, Pastor Ryan, and, and I couldn't get away, I couldn't, but, and, but, but it was awesome, you know, it's like getting a hug from your mom or your grandma or whatever, it, it was just absolutely incredible. L- looking at her, man, you could tell that you, there, there was nothing wrong with her, she's just full of joy. She loves being in here with you, and she just loves her church, and, and, and she, just, she just, she loves Jesus, and, and it just reflects in everything that she does, and, and, and so we were in shock when, when, when we found out she was in her nursing home, and then one of her relatives called, and we're like, what happened? And he said, she'd been in a lot of pain, like internal pain for a long time, and, and, and she just thought maybe it would go away, and maybe it would get better, and in the past couple of weeks, it's just gotten worse and worse and worse, but she didn't want to tell anybody. She didn't want anybody to know. She didn't want to talk about it. She has a very high tolerance for pain. M- most women do, right? Men don't, right? right? She's like, she has, a, she has a very high tolerance for pain, and so she didn't want to talk about it. But eventually she, she got to the point where she couldn't stand it anymore, and so we had to take her in, and they ended up putting her in the nursing home. And, and long story short, that's, that's where she is. And, and um, the thing that, that, I, that I thought about and that I couldn't get past was, just a few days before, just a few days, she's in pain, and she's, she's smiling, and she's happy, and she's hugging the pastor, and, and, and to look at her, you, you could not tell that anything was wrong with her. Now, now maybe, maybe you can look, and maybe you can say, well, maybe she's a little bit slower than normal, maybe, maybe this, and, and we could go through all of those things, but, but looking at her, she, she, you just couldn't tell. And she didn't, here's the thing, she didn't want to talk about that. She didn't want to talk about her pain. She didn't want to talk about what was going on inside of her. And you know what? I understand that. I get that. Don't you? I understand that physically. I understand that emotionally. And I understand that spiritually. That there are things sometimes going on inside of us that we don't want to talk about. Because if we don't talk about them, they'll just go away. Right? Like, like, there are some people here in this room right now. Let, let's just admit, a room this size, if you're watching online, you're going through some stuff right now. Right now, you're going through some stuff. And maybe it's causing you some pain. I mean, maybe it hurts. Maybe, maybe it's confusing. Maybe it's frustrating. Maybe it's causing you to doubt. But you don't want to talk about it. And the reason you don't want to talk about it is very simple. It's our defense mechanism. Because we actually think that if we begin to talk about things that are really going on in our lives, if we really talk about what's happening inside of me, physically, emotionally, spiritually, that people are going to exclude us, right? That, that people might push us away, that people might begin to look down on us, or people might even kick us out. And so we don't talk about what's going on inside of us because if people knew about it, or if people knew what was going on, we're afraid of how they're going to treat us, right? 
And so because of that, we won't be honest about what's really happening in us. We won't, we won't open up and talk about what we need healing from. And so today, that's where we're going to pick up the story in Luke chapter 5. Quick reminder. Remember, Jesus had invited Peter to follow him. And remember, Peter was available. Remember, that's the, that's the key to this, whole, to this whole entire series. Are you available? When Jesus calls out to you, are you available? Because remember, Peter was tired. Peter was frustrated. Peter had been out fishing all night long. And he gets in, and this guy's teaching, and the crowds are gathered around. And all of a sudden, this dude gets in his boat. He says, can I use your boat, man? You push out a little bit so I can, so I can teach the people. And that moment right there was the beginning of change in Peter's life when he made himself available. And after that, after he got done teaching, he said, hey, push out into the deeper water. And they push out into the deeper water. He says, let down the nets for the catch. It doesn't make any sense. Peter's like, dude, we've been fishing all night, man. There are no fish here. They're not here. But because you say, remember we talked about this last week. This is huge. This is key in our lives. But because you say so, Lord, because you say so, I will. Doesn't matter what it is, doesn't matter what you, you say start doing or stop doing, doesn't matter if you say stay or go, because you say so, I will. Because you say so, I will. And he lets down the nets, and remember they get this miraculous catch of fish, and they have to call in the other boat that's on the shore, and another boat comes out, and, and they start filling up both boats, and the boats start to sink. It's, it's absolutely crazy. This is a huge miracle. And Peter, think about Peter. At this point, Peter is in awe of this man named Jesus, right? Is, 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 think about it. Wouldn't you be? If you, were, if you hadn't caught anything, this guy comes in and starts loading up your boat with fish, and, and, and wouldn't you just be in awe? Wouldn't you be in awe? And Peter's like, okay, man, I will follow you wherever you go. Because remember, that's what Jesus asked him to do. Hey, Follow me and I'll make you fisher of men. And we're going to go out and we're going to change the world. And at this point, after Peter seeing all of that, he's like, yes, yes, woo, let's go. This is going to be awesome. I can't wait for everybody to see what you're going to do. It's going to be great. And then this happens. <laughs> this is the very first thing that Jesus leads Peter into. In verse 12, the very first part says this. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. So, so don't miss this. Jesus tells Peter, follow me. I'm going to make you fishers of men. We're going to go out. We're going to change the world. It's going to be awesome. And then the first thing he does, first thing he does is not go on shore and do some kind of other miracle and start doing all this stuff and people getting saved and all this thing. The, the first thing he does is he leads Peter into an uncomfortable place to be around uncomfortable people. He didn't lead him into a Bible study. He didn't lead him into theology 101. He didn't lead him into this safe, sanitized environment full of safe, sanitized people. The first thing he did with Peter was he was like, hey, Pete, if you're going to follow me, then we got to get out of town. If you're going to follow me, I'm going to get you out of where you've always been and take you to where you need to be. I'm going to take you to an unfamiliar place, an unsafe place. We're going to be around unsafe people. In this case, it was the leper. Now, Luke, let's talk about this unsafe place thing for a minute. Luke, who writes the Gospel of Luke, I've told you this before, is very detailed in his writing. He was a doctor, and so he was, he was very detailed in his writing, specifically about geographical locations. If you read through it, man, he's, he's always pointing things out. 
he makes the point right here to let us know that this miracle that's about to take place doesn't happen in Capernaum. Remember, that's Peter's hometown. Capernaum was a fishing village. It, it, it didn't happen right there. Like, they didn't just come in and sell the fish and get their money and, and Jesus do something, and, and then they go home and sleep, sleep it off or whatever. Jesus had to call Peter out of his familiar environment in order that Peter could continue to see exactly who Jesus is. And that's what he does for every single one of us. He's constantly going to call us out of where we are to take our next steps to get us to where he wants us to be so that we can become more like him, so that we can clearly see who he is. Many times when, when Jesus is, is calling us out or he's taking us to an unfamiliar place, we, we've talked about this, it's, it's not to punish us, it's to prepare us for the miracle that's about to take place in our life. It's to prepare us for the step that, 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 that we would have never taken on our own because Jesus wants us to see him in ways we've never seen him before. But if we always do what we always do, have done, we'll always get what we always got. If we always do what we've always done, we'll always get what we've always got, Right? And so sometimes he takes us to unfamiliar places. And a lot of times, those are unsafe, hostile places. The best analogy that I can think of here is from a sports perspective. All right? Like, stick with me for a second. We, in sports, we understand hostile environments. We understand unsafe environments, right? Remember a couple of years ago when the Philadelphia Eagles, I don't know, it was like the NFC Championship, are there any Eagles fans in here? It was an NFC Championship game that, like, their fans were throwing, like, beer cans and stuff. And, I mean, it was just crazy. I was like, I don't want to go there. Like, you're a Raiders fan. Like, you're not a Raiders fan. You don't want to go there. Because if you're a visitor on someone else's court or field, right, or, or, or a wrestling mat, like, listen, listen, listen. I saw this, I saw this, this, this past week or so. Um, there's a wrestler um, here, here in town. I'm not going to tell you his name. Um, I think he comes to church here. Um, so I gotta tell you. Uh, so so he's a he's a ranked high school wrestler, right? And um, it's a home wrestling meet, and people are out there, and people are cheering for him, and people are excited because he's this ranked wrestler, and everybody's like, yeah, and everybody in the home crowd wants him to win, and everybody wants him to do great. A few nights after that, we go into a different place and a different environment. And is still the same ranked wrestler. But instead of people standing up and cheering, people are standing up and they're raining down booze and they're raining down hatred. And they want to they don't want to see him win. They want to see him what? They want to see him lose. And if he loses, they're gonna lose their mind. And when he wins, which is what happened, um, when he wins, they're gonna say all these bad things, they're gonna make all these excuses, and they're gonna do all of this stuff, and because it's it's hostile, right? When when you're the visitor, you don't have home field advantage. The crowd is is hostile. We've seen this before. We're we're, we're familiar um, in the sports world with a hostile environment, unsafe places. Um, the parallel here is this: sometimes Jesus leads us to unsafe places and, and hostile environments. Once again, not to punish us but to prepare us. And not only unsafe environments, he puts us around uncomfortable people. He takes us, this is how awesome he is, he takes us to unsafe environments to be around uncomfortable people. Because when Jesus, when, when this story is taking place, somebody come, covered in leprosy coming up to you is incredibly uncomfortable. Because leprosy in the ancient world was a death sentence. It was nasty, it was gross. 
your skin's falling off. There, there's no cure. It, it is awful. And, and, and I don't know, I don't know in this particular case how it happened, but, but I, like to, I like to think that this is how it happened because I'm sure that human nature hasn't changed much in the past 2,000 years. You got this leper. We, we don't know what his name is. Uh, all weekend long, we've been calling him Larry. Larry the leper, all right? So that's what we're going to call him, Larry the leper. Um, let's say Larry wakes up one morning, getting out of bed, standing in front of the mirror. He looks down at his arm, and he's got a spot right here. Larry knows what this spot is. He knows it's leprosy. He's seen it before. He's maybe had friends or even family members who have had it. He, he knows what it is. And, and at first, I'm sure, he, well, well, let, let me ask you this. If you woke up and, and you saw it, how would you feel? If you saw a spot on your arm right here and you thought it might be leprosy, what would most people do in this moment? You would try to do what? Hide it, right? You try to cover it up. It, it, it'll just go away. It'll get better. If nobody sees it, it's gonna, it's just, it'll go away, right? right? You, you understand this in, in a lot of things that you do. If you're driving down the road and your car starts to make a noise, what do you do? <laughs> Push on the gas. Go a little bit faster, right? Ooh, if I speed up, it'll go away, right? If, if I just cover it up, that's, that's what we think in so many things. If, if I just cover it up, it'll go away. But Larry's leprosy, maybe the next morning, maybe later that week, maybe later on in the month, it's just a little bit worse. He doesn't want anybody to know about his leprosy. And so I'm going to hide it. I'm going I'm to keep it hidden for as long as I can. As long as it doesn't get up to my face. As long as I can wear gloves. As long as I can wrap up. As long as I can keep it hidden, nobody will know. He didn't want anyone to know. Because here's the deal. According to the Old Testament, Larry had to go to the temple and show the leprosy to the high priest. He had, he had to go meet with the pastor. N nobody wants to do that, right? And, and, and so the pastor, the, the priest, if he looked at it and discovered it was leprosy, it was announced that Larry was now unclean. And when you were unclean in this society, don't miss this because this is huge. When you were unclean, you couldn't go to the temple. You couldn't get prayed for. You couldn't have your sins forgiven for. And so you were isolated from God. If you were discovered to have leprosy, not only did you get kicked out of the temple, you got kicked out of your family, you got kicked out of your community, you were isolated. You were, don't, don't miss this, don't miss this, don't miss this. You were labeled. And you were lonely because you had leprosy. That's what's going on in this story. That's the guy. This is the person approaching Jesus. He's labeled. He's lonely because he has leprosy. Maybe this is you. Not leprosy. I know your skin's all falling off. But maybe you've gone through something. Maybe, maybe, maybe you went through a certain situation or scenario where, where, where you had something going on your, in your life and you didn't want to talk about it, but it kept snowballing and snowballing and snowballing. Eventually it got to the place where you had to talk about it because it got discovered. And because of that, you feel isolated. You feel kicked out. You feel excluded. You feel labeled. You feel like people are looking down on you. I get that. I do. But listen to me. Don't miss this. You'll never put a period where God has put a comma because that's not the end of your story. I don't know who said that originally, but, but I love it. Don't put a period where God has put a comma because that's not the end of your story. Because see, here's what I find fascinating in, the, in this story 
It's amazing to me that the leper, think about this, the leper couldn't go to the temple, but he could come to Jesus. Isn't that awesome? The leper couldn't go to the temple, but he could come to Jesus. Isn't it funny how the world hasn't changed in the past 2,000 years? Because I'll say this, and this is true across the board, the church is one of the most unsafe places for Christians to confess sin in the entire world. The church is one of the most unsafe places for Christians to confess sin. Because don't miss this. Listen to me. Think about this. You know this is true. If you had an addiction, but you got your addiction cleaned up, and you got all cleaned up, and you come into church, and you tell people what Jesus has done in your life, you're welcome if you had an addiction. We'll celebrate. Woo! Your testimony is incredible. But if you have an addiction, don't come in here. You're going to get kicked out. You're going to get judged. You're going to get condemned. People are going to label you. People are going to look down on you. If you had a bad marriage, but Jesus healed it, came in, got saved, man, you're welcome in church. Man, we, we love stories like that. Oh, it's just so awesome. It's so great. But if you have a bad marriage, if you're going through a difficult time, man, that'll get you kicked out, judged, condemned, looked down upon, and labeled. If you used to look at porn, but then you stop looking at porn, and you come to church, but it comes out that you used to look at porn, but you don't anymore, man, we'll celebrate you, and we'll welcome you in with open arms. But if you're looking at porn, no, you're going to get kicked out, judged, condemned, labeled, looked down upon. The church has become an unsafe place for people to raise their hand and say, help! I'm struggling here. I need help. I'm hurting. I don't want to live this way anymore. I'm fighting. I want to get better. That's one of the reasons I'm so excited about what we do here at Central Church. Because this is not a place for just just people who have struggled with sin. This is a place for people who are struggling with sin and don't have to hide their face in shame. Because at the end of the day, we're all jacked up. And we all need the grace and the mercy of God. That's why we're excited to be a place that no matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done, what's been done to you, or when it happened, you are welcome in this place with open arms. That's a good place to clap. Only because I needed a drink. All right, here we go. Second, can you tell I've been there wrestling all weekend? Second part of verse 12. Ooh. When he saw Jesus, when Larry the leper, all right, when Larry the leper saw Jesus, he fell with his face on the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. I love the boldness of this guy. Look at this. In this story, The leper doesn't come up to Jesus and say, Jesus, give me strength to make it through this tough time. Please give me strength to make it. Listen, I'm not saying don't pray for strength to go through a tough time. But but, but you see what I'm saying? He didn't come up and didn't do that. He didn't say, you know what, Jesus, I need some new clothes. The leprosy is making me really stinky and it's messed up my clothes. If you could just give me some money for some new clothes. He, He didn't say that. He didn't call out for, don't miss this. He didn't call out for anything superficial. He called out for the supernatural. He called out for the supernatural. He comes up to Jesus and he falls on his face and he says, Jesus, you can make me clean. I want to get well. Which, by the way, if you're struggling with something, the first step that you have to take if you want to get well is you have to want to get well. 
You have to want it. You have to want it. You have to be the type of person that says, I don't want to live this way anymore. I don't care what it takes. I don't want to live this way anymore. You have to want it. That's what we see the leper doing right here. Notice he he doesn't come up to Jesus and say, ah, Jesus, I'm struggling with some stuff. No. He comes up to Jesus, falls down on his face, and says, I don't want to live this way anymore. That's the first step to experiencing healing. I'm going to pause. I'm going to say this. Because of what I've gone through personally in my past, because of the struggles and the addictions that I've had in my past and things I've, I've talked to you about, I have people that, they reach out to me and they say, hey, Ryan, will you talk to my friend? Will you talk to my family member? They're struggling with an addiction. They're, they're struggling with this. They're struggling with that. I'm telling you, listen, I want, I want you to listen to me. People don't get well until they want to get well, period. People don't get well until they want to get well. They could talk to Ryan they could talk to James Dobson, John MacArthur, Dr. Phil, Dr. Oz, Dr. Who. Wouldn't matter who they spoke to. All right, people don't get well until they can legitimately say, I don't want to live this way anymore. I don't, can't do it. I don't want to live this way anymore. That's what we see the leper doing right here. This is what we see him doing. He's like, I don't want to live this way anymore. Watch this. Now, now, now remember, Peter, right, this guy's come up. Come up to Jesus. I don't want to live this way anymore. And, and Peter, the first thing, the, the, the first experience that Peter has with Jesus after the miracle of the fish is a leper coming up to Jesus. Well, at this point, Peter, Peter, Peter probably ran. I mean, he's stepping back at the very least because he knows about leprosy. He know, I mean, you, you, that's not trying to be gross, but you could smell this dude coming. It's nasty. It's disgusting. This is probably a very, 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 very sick scene for Peter. And and, and then watch this. Watch what happens. Verse 13. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. Stop. This is a problem. First of all, you're not supposed to touch a leper because if, if if you touch a leper, then you're declared unclean. You can get what they got. And so Jesus touching the leper, that's huge. We're going to talk about that in a second. But Jesus touching him is, is, is gigantic. And, and, and Jesus says, I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately, say immediately. Immediately. Not, hey, take two of these and call me in the morning. Not, hey, let's check back in 30 days. Immediately, the leprosy left him. Immediately. And I, I was singing about this the other day. None of us like to be sick. None of us get excited about being sick. There's this new virus out right now called the coronavirus. Everybody's freaking out about it. I don't know if that's how you say it or not. That's the way I say it. But everyone's freaking out about it. I don't know why you're freaking out. Sounds like something you just sit around cut limes about. Sounds like a good time to me. Oh. Anyway, no one wants it, right? Nobody wants it. I want to stay away from sick people, right? Don't you? Don't you want to stay away from, like, nobody's like, oh, you're sick? Come here. Let me get what you got, and I'm going to go to work tomorrow. Like, nobody in their right mind does that. We'll call and say that we're sick, and we're not really sick, so we don't have to go to work. But, but nobody wants to get sick, right? If somebody's sick, aren't you telling them, just stay away? Like, uh, cool, man. Like, I'm going to shake your hand this morning, but, like, you're coughing. And you're, like, no, man. I, n- nobody, if you're sick, don't come around me. 
But, and if you're a parent, you'll understand this. If my kids get sick, if one of my kids gets sick, I'm going to hold him. I'm going to hold her. I'm like, I, I don't care. If they're throwing up, I'm going to help them. I, I'm, I'm cleaning up. I, I'm puking with them because I'm a sympathetic puker. All right? All right? But I'm doing everything I can to care for them. You know why? You want to know why? Because they're mine. Because it's my son. It's my daughter. They're mine. They're mine, and I don't care. I'm going to love them through anything. See, that's what's going on in the story right here. Jesus reaches out his hand, and he touches the leper. Do you know how long it had been since this leper had been touched? We don't really know, but, but think about this. Most likely, his greatest desire, his greatest need was human touch. And Jesus wasn't afraid to touch the leper because Jesus, Jesus was God in the flesh. Jesus was literally God walking this earth. And so when Jesus reached out and touched the leper, the reason he could touch the leper was because he created the leper. He loved the leper. The leper was his. Don't, 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 don't miss. Don't miss the message and the miracle right here. Jesus is not afraid of our mess. He's willing to step into it if we will simply call out to him. If we will just be willing to call out to him. He's not afraid of anything that we're going through. He, he's the one who overcame death. There's nothing that we're going through that he doesn't understand, that he's not afraid to step into. If we're willing to call out to him, he reached out and he touched the leper. Then, 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 then look at this. Notice this. This is, this is huge to me. I, I want you to watch the order here. He touched and then he spoke. Don't, don't miss that because that's huge. He touched the leper and then he spoke to the leper. That's the order of healing. He touches, and then he speaks. As the church, and I think so many times, I'm, I'm guilty of this, I think so many times we have gotten it wrong because we want to speak, and then after we speak, then we want to touch. We want to speak to you and say, when you get your problems right, then you can come in here and you can be welcomed here. We want to speak to you and say, when you get this out of your life and you get this into your life, if you do this and you do that, and then you can come in here and you can be welcomed with open arms. What we see with Jesus, and I believe this is so powerful, is he is willing to embrace people even before he speaks to them. And I believe so many people on this planet are not going to experience the, the healing that Jesus has for them because the church, the, the church on many occasions is unwilling to touch before we speak. Man, I'm so thankful that he didn't wait on me to get my stuff together before he loved me. In fact, I would say because he loved me, I'm continually able to take my steps towards getting my stuff together. That's what we see happening in this text. Man, it's so powerful. Jesus touches him. He heals his leprosy, and then he speaks to him, and he tells him something weird, which seems weird, but we'll get through that. Look, look at this. Verse 14, then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone. Now, now this, is, this, is, this confuses people, right? Why does Jesus heal and then tell people not to tell anybody? No, he doesn't say don't tell anyone ever. He was just saying, hey, 
I got a specific assignment for you right here. Read the rest of the text. Look at this. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest, who, who, by the way, they're in Jerusalem. The priests are in Jerusalem. These guys right now, they're in in Galilee. This is like a seven-day walk. And so Jesus is commissioning him to go on this journey. Go show yourself to the priests and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Now, why, why in the world would Jesus tell this guy, go show yourself to the priest? Don't miss the, the, the metaphor, the imagery here, because this is so powerful. I love this. Jesus commissioned a former leper to go tell the religious leaders about him. See, see, see the Pharisees. And the religious leaders, they don't know about Jesus really yet. They they don't really know about his ministry. And and all of a sudden, this leper shows up at the temple, right? Larry shows up, and he walks into the temple in front of the high priest, and the high priest is like, Larry, what are you doing here, man? You got leprosy. Dude, you're not supposed to be in here, man. You, you, get out. Just get get out of here. I, I can't be around you. You're unclean. Go. And Larry goes, Check it out, man. I don't really got it anymore. Look at this. Check this out. Look how smooth my skin is. Want to touch it? And the high priest is like, oh, what happened? Did you order something on an infomercial last night or something? And Larry says, no, 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 man. There's this man. I met him in Galilee. His name is Jesus. And I called out to him, and he healed me. He healed me. This is the first time, this is the first time, according to the Gospel of Luke, that these religious leaders hear about Jesus. And that's going to be so important to where we're going next week. We're going to see something next week. The story of the leper going to the religious leaders is so cool. And, 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 and within that, I, I want to say this, because we look at the leper and we say, man, he's stinky, he's nasty, he's gross. There's no way that, that Jesus would ever use him. And what's going on inside of my life is so bad and so awful, and there's no way that Jesus could ever use me. Some of the most powerful people with the most powerful testimony in the world are people that were the most jacked up in the world don't ever forget that and so when you see a messed up person but like for me when i see a messed up person i'll see a messed up person i see a powerful story in the making because this story of the leper getting touched and healed is absolutely amazing it's absolutely amazing now when we talk about this whole idea of of touch and don't speak this is where people like to say well well, well, how long do I got to take before I can say something to somebody that I love that's doing something destructive how long do I let them do it this is what I've discovered I don't know about you but this is what I've discovered God can get their attention way better than we can get their attention yes or no yeah, I don't know anybody who ever came to Jesus because somebody nagged them over and over and over and over again listen think think about the order again Think about, think about touching before speaking. Think about the story of the prodigal son. You know this story? Younger son, guy has two sons. The younger son comes and says, Dad, I want all my inheritance right now. The dad doesn't argue with him. The dad doesn't say, no, stay here because I can protect you and I know what's best for you. He lets him go away to the, to the faraway country. Let him go. Because he understood eventually famine comes. And then what did the father do when the son came home? What did he do? Did he give him a lecture? No. No, remember in the story, he sees him coming from far away, and he runs down the driveway or the road or the path or or, or whatever it is, and and, and what does he do? He wraps his arms around him. He welcomed him. He touched him. 
And then he spoke to him. That's the order of the miracle. That's the order. We touch, and then we speak. See, this leper, you know, Larry, he tells the priest what's going on. And then this, this is going to be huge next week, verse 15. Even though Jesus told him, don't tell anybody, just go show the high priest. Look at this. Yet the news about him, news about Jesus, news about the healing spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. Don't you love this? People came to Jesus because they were sick and they wanted to get healed. People didn't come to Jesus because they got all their stuff together. They came to Jesus because they were sick and they wanted to get healed. At the end of the day, that's the type of environment the church is supposed to create. An environment where sick people can walk in and eventually, whether it's today, whether it's this week, whether it's this month, whether it's this year, whether it's 18 years, I believe they will have a face-to-face encounter with Jesus and they will ultimately want to get well. The church has got to be a safe place where you don't have to hide the spot on your arm, where you can come in and you can talk about it and you can get healed. And when that happens, you go out and you tell everybody about it. That's what happened in this story. The news spread. How does news spread? How does news spread when something amazing happens? This is the way I think it went down. I was thinking about this the other day. Thinking about the way that that we talk, the way we tell people about great things. One of my favorite places to eat in in probably the entire world now is Bordenero's Meat Market. Love that place. Love that place. I ate there four times this week. When we recorded for Saturday night on Friday, I had only ate there three times. But then I saw a picture, and I went back for the fourth time. I mean, seriously, the first day, it was ooey-gooey grilled cheese and chili. Like, that's amazing. You pull the grilled cheese apart, and the cheese is still down in the plate, and you're like, it's amazing. I got two sandwiches that day. It was so good. The next day, it was a 50-50 burger. 50% 50% bacon, 50% beef, bound together into a patty. It's magical. This is what I did. I said, Tom, make mine a double. And he did. It was like a pound of meat. I was miserable the rest of the day. And so happy. I thought I was going to die. I was so clogged up. But I was just like, hello, Jesus. After that, it was a grilled tenderloin. This thing was so good. This wasn't like the end of the loin or something. This is like the legit tenderloin that he took and he smashed it. This thing melted in your mouth. And, and, and at that point, I was like super satisfied. All right, I got an illustration for church. But then the next day, after I got done preaching on Friday, somebody posted a picture of this. You know what that is? That is a burger with bacon and brisket and cheese. It was amazing. Every day at that place is phenomenal. Every day. I, I got done with this, and I texted the staff that were in here filming that day. I'm like, look at this. Ah, suckers. You're still at work, and this is what I'm eating. I, I want I to tell everybody, because I, I want to tell everyone I love about an amazing food experience. I'm telling you, this is the absolute best place in Carroll is Bordenero's Meat Market. You need to check it out. And if you buy your meat from anywhere else, Jesus doesn't love, I'm just kidding. He probably, he <laughs> Listen, we all understand this. We all understand talking about something that we love, right? Whether it's food, 
whether we've seen a good movie, whether we've watched a, a good TV show, we, we, we see this show on Netflix, oh my gosh, you got to watch this, and everybody's binge watching it. I had a friend tell me a couple weeks ago um, about this movie, John Wick. There are three of them, right? Three of them. I don't know if you've ever seen them or not. If you're a man, you need to see them because they are awesome. I had never seen them before. I binge watched them on Saturday. I did nothing but lay in bed and watch John Wick all day. It was amazing. It was awesome. And I call my friend. I'm like, these are so good. You know, they're making a fourth one. It's ah! we, we, we love telling people about great experiences we had. That's what's happening in this story. The leper gets healed. All of a sudden, like there's this man named Jesus who's willing to accept you as you are. And after you meet him, you won't stay the same. And so people find out about Jesus touching this leper and they flock to him. Because don't miss this, the religious people had kicked them out. These guys are sick. These women are sick. These children are sick. They got kicked out. They got isolated. They're labeled. They're not in their families. They're not in their communities. They're not in their church. But Jesus, but Jesus welcomed them, and Jesus brought them in. At the end of the day, that's what the church should be known for. That's what the church should stand for. It's not about who we can push away. It's not about who we can kick out. It's about who we can bring in, no matter who they are, no matter where they've been, no matter what they've done, no matter what's been done to them or when it happened, we can welcome them in and welcome them and touch them before we speak to them. I said all that to say this. I don't know today what you're going through. But here's the thing that I know, and, and here's what I've had to discover the hard way. Everybody's got a story. Everybody's got a story. Everybody's going through something, and if they're not currently going through something, they've gone through something in their past. And, and maybe the thing or, or, or the things that you've gone through have caused you some shame. Maybe they've caused you some hurt. Maybe they've caused you some fear. Maybe they've caused you some frustration. Maybe they've caused you some anxiety. Maybe they've caused you some doubt. Listen, if that's happened to you, I understand. But I also understand there's a man named Jesus who's not afraid of what you're going through. And he's bigger than anything that the world can throw at you. The starting line of healing taking place in your life is coming to Jesus like the leper did and calling out to Jesus and saying, I don't want to live this way anymore. I don't want to live this way anymore. At the end of the day, if you've got something that you're trying to hide, you have to talk about it. You have to talk about it. Now, I'm not telling you to turn to the person to your right or to your left and confess all your sins today. That would be super weird. Some people would put it on Snapchat or whatever, and we'd, we'd love, I don't, we, won't, we won't do that. That's not what I'm asking you to do. But what I want you to walk out of here today, and what I want you to understand is the very first step, if you're going through some stuff today, is to take the step that the leper took and call out to Jesus and say, Jesus, if you are willing, make me clean. That's the starting point. And it's the power of Jesus that breaks the sickness in our lives. And what he does from that point on is absolutely amazing. But, but it's not, what, what you're going through, listen, 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 listen. What you're going through is not something you should be ashamed of. It's not something that you've got to hide. It's not something you have to keep to yourself. It's something you could bring to the light because Jesus will take it and he will use it somehow. And listen to me, I don't know how he does this, but I've seen it over and over and over and over and over again. He will take it 
He will take it. He will take your hurt, your pain, your shame, your frustration, your doubt. He will take it and somehow, somehow use it for his glory and our good. It's time for us. It's time for us to stop hiding. It's time for us to stop pretending and start calling out to Jesus. Start calling out to Jesus. He has called you. He, he, is, he has made you. He has created you on purpose, with a purpose, and for a purpose. It's, it's time for us to, to embrace every area of the calling that Jesus has placed on our lives. There are things inside of us that are holding us back. There, there are things inside of us that, that, that we want to keep to ourselves. And it's time, church, that we stop playing games. Because life is, life is too short and hell is too hot for us to play those games. It's time for us to call out to Jesus. Let's stand and pray.